This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Profi. I am excited to introduce you to this guest. This guest is a friend of mine and a entrepreneur that has owned multiple businesses. And she's just a phenomenal dental hygienist who has definitely made a positive impact in my life. And her name is Deborah Carrier. I... As I re-listened to this episode and really reflected on some of the things that Deborah shared in her personal journey, uh, what was clear was that she had a very clear vision and she wasn't afraid to ask questions. And, you know, I think that's really, really important when it comes to your career, because when you once you've made the decision to focus on whatever it may be, whatever your passion may be. You're going to get many people within your journey that come from the left and then come from the right and and they want you to, they may tell you that's not a great idea or they may not share your vision. They may have limitations that they're putting on you. They're putting their limitations on you. And And what I'm referencing is not individuals who have your best interest in heart, see you going in the wrong direction and are there to steer you, steer you and, and tell you the truth and help you honestly reflect on the fact that what you're doing at this time is harmful to yourself. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the many naysayers or those uh, negative people that come along your journey, which you will encounter, who who tell you you're not enough, who tell you you're not adequate, who who don't share in your vision. And although Deborah didn't particularly share that in this episode, it made me think of that because when you have a clear vision of what it is or what what path you want to take or what your what your why is if you have a clear understanding of what your why is regardless of any input that you receive along the way you'll be laser focused on that so it won't deviate you towards a course that's not leading you towards what your mission is or what you have set as your why and it was very clear for Deborah what her mission currently is and I also appreciated the fact that she even discussed utilizing her experience as a parent and being involved in her son's life with the PTA to shape what she's doing now and I think for most young people like myself in our early 30s who are who are raising um, a family we kind of need to hear from our our colleagues who have already done it and who have shown that hey it's okay to to spend that extra time with your kids and probably seek ways to give back in your in your kids school and uh, still be able to gather the skills necessary to one day 
when you return back, be able to make the impact that you want to. And so that that was a great, great thing to hear. And although I have not made that decision, I did take off a couple of years earlier on in my children's life. I've continued to go on and, and go on with education. There are many hygienists that that have not that have decided to put that on hold. And that's why I love hearing Deborah's story and her willingness to share that those different experiences led to her gaining these tools. And then when she was ready to reach out and start um, entrepreneurship and doing more um, in, in dentistry, she had a very clear vision. And then she wasn't afraid to ask people questions and, and to share and share that vision. Um, some individuals are afraid to ask and afraid to tell individuals because they're afraid of their, of their information being taken from them. And what I appreciated about um, Deborah is um, she made it very clear. You know, they it's that fear is normal but there's also the reality the realistic part of it of the likelihood of what you're doing being stolen from you just keep moving keep focus on what that vision is keep moving forward ask the questions that need to be asked because you don't know who you may meet in your journey that could possibly uh, provide you some pointers that could help excel your your vision and what your mission is. So Deborah is a very caring and loving mentor and to, to many, and she's a huge support. And within all that support, she has a tremendous amount of, of success with CPR sisters and with twice as nice uniforms. And what I appreciated with her is that you can see that she's a whole holistic woman not in a sense of you know we're not talking about alternative medicine but the fact that her family is included with everything that she's doing in her journey her family names are her are in her scrub line her cpr sisters her whole family is involved with that cpr business um she takes a collective approach in her growth whether it's growing twice as nice uniforms whether that is growing her um, CPR sisters, whether that is reaching out and letting the younger generation of dental hygienists like myself and holding their hand and giving them the encouragement they need to keep pushing forward. Um, Deborah is one of a kind, one of the most genuine people that I've met in this industry, and, and I'm very glad to introduce you to her and allow you the opportunity to get to know her, to hear her amazing career, and uh, I, I, I know there's no doubt that you'll be empowered by this episode. So do me a favor and just subscribe to this podcast if you can, if you feel moved to. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it. Make sure to leave a review. By leave The more reviews that I've received from these episodes, the more that it could be linked to someone that could that could possibly benefit from the content that's being shared. The whole purpose of this is to get that information out and to start helping those individuals who feel stuck in their career and who want to be empowered and inspired uh, in their clinical career or perhaps working on things outside of clinical dental hygiene. Make sure you check out our website at beyondtheprofi.com. And I can't wait for you to see the 2018 lineup of our CEs. And uh, Deborah was actually at one of the the CEs this August. And I'm hoping that she can uh, join in 
for future ones because her product is amazing. It's the only scrub line that um, I wear and endorse, and I'm very happy to to know this amazing woman. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I am. I feel like I say this every single time I'm interviewing someone. How excited I am! Um, that's because I, we have such amazing people in our profession. But I am really, really, really excited to interview our guest today. Um, today we're going to have a brief conversation on career excellence with the Deb Carrier, Deborah Carrier from Twice as Nice Uniform. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasmine. I'm excited to be here. Oh man, I I'm actually I can't believe I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> Although I've talked to you so many times um, and have been around you, and I'm just really happy that you're here, and I, I want to talk about a little bit about your professional journey, but also talk about the amazing product um, that you have that I have actually purchased and I have used. So um, let's get to know you a little bit at fir- first, if oh, that's okay. okay. Sure. So how did you get into dental hygiene? Well, um, it was just kind of, you know, I, in high school, I knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare industry. I think like a, a lot of us did. So I looked at the nursing thing and I looked at dental hygiene and I always loved going to the dentist. Um, of course, I've never had a cavity, so <laughs> you know, that, that helps. But um, I um, just did a lot of um, exploring and checking it out and um, decided to go for it. The interesting thing was is that I didn't decide to do this until probably halfway through my junior year and I went to my high school guidance counselor and he told me I would never get into to hygiene school. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. But that's all he had to tell me because then I was like, oh yeah, let me show you how this works. So. Um, so I not only did I get into hygiene school, but I got into hygiene school at the age of 17, which um, is very young to, to get into school. And um, so I was finished um, with my associate's degree, but I was only 19 um, when I got out of hygiene school. But the minute wow. I got there, I knew that that's where I needed to be. Um, I, you know, we all know how hard hygiene school was, but um, I loved it. And um, that just took off from there that is awesome and and one thing I've I find that is very unique about you in particular is the fact that you've been with your the same office for a really long time right for 28 years yeah I just wow (laughs) (laughs) that's great though you find a good fit and and the other thing is you know like we all we get so attached to our patients and it's really awesome now because I have patients that I saw when they were just you know first coming at age four or five and they're bringing their kids in now which that is, is crazy cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool but I mean when you say how long you've been in dentistry it just seems unreal because yeah. you are so beautiful and I'm sure you hear this a lot but I'm just like oh my gosh like I want to be her when well, I grow up when my kids are grown <laughs> Yeah, I've been in dentistry 37 years, Um, been a hygienist that whole time, either part-time, full-time, temporary, you know, all different kind of combinations, but um, I just owe the way I look to my mom and my grandmother, (laughs) I don't see anything (laughs) special, but my mother looks amazing, and so did my grandmother, so it's just luck. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, 
with with your particular career you've done clinical you're mm -hmm. an entrepreneur mm -hmm. so what led you or what had what had well I guess the best way to ask this question is like how have you kept your career satisfaction like your passion that you still have now like what what have you done in order to stay in dental hygiene for 37 years that's a really good question. Um, in the very beginning, obviously, I just attacked it, you know, full force. I had a full-time job and a part-time job right out of college, and and I'm I'm a, a worker bee, so you know that was wonderful for me, and I did that for many years, um, probably up until, you know, probably up until the time I had my son Jordan. Um, it's his birthday today. He's 29. Happy birthday, Jordan. Um, hey, Jordan. So <laughs> So then, um, you know, it was, I'd been in it long enough at that point that, you know, I was starting to take its toll on my body a little bit. I was getting a little restless. It was like, you know, what else can I do? I mean, I'd worked in a group practice in Chicago um, where I went to hygiene school and then I moved to Atlanta um, and I had to wait to take my boards there. So I worked as an office manager for a short time in a group practice and then I uh, started doing hygiene there and then moved to another office. So I was there for quite some time. But then after Jordan was born, um, I went back to my modeling career, which had started in dental hygiene school, oddly enough, um, and started doing a little bit of that again. And so I thought that I wanted to do hygiene on a temporary basis, or maybe not at all, and go back to my modeling career and, and um, look at a few other options. But the minute I started to walk away from hygiene, I, I couldn't do it. I just, I, I had to get back. Um, so at that point, I just started um, thinking, well, what else can I do? I'll do this part time. And I was very active mom as far as, you know, uh, volunteering and Boy Scouts and, and at school things and the PTA. I mean, I was on every committee that you could possibly think of. And I wanted to really mention that to your audience, especially Jasmine, because even though I wasn't out there pursuing a career where I was, you know, making more money besides the hygiene thing with doing all the volunteer stuff at school, mm -hmm. what happened that I see now looking back on it is that really groomed me for what I'm doing now, because especially with the PTA stuff, I mean, that's mm -hmm. like running a corporation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I learned so much through that. I was the treasurer for a while and took on all their other responsibility roles. So even though I didn't quote, have a real job, I mean, that was really grooming me to, you know, step out and do what I'm, what I'm doing now. Yeah. So at that point in my life, I was um, doing hygiene part-time and I, um, my husband traveled all the time, so, you know, that was, I needed to be home, you know, for Jordan for that. Mm -hmm. And one day I just woke up and I said, I want to be a CPR instructor. And I had always enjoyed when they came to our office to recertify us. So I started researching that. I mentioned it to my sister. She said she wanted to do it too. So we went and got certified to be CPR instructors, immediately connected with two mothers who had lost their children to sudden cardiac arrest. And wow. when I started this, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this to go into dental offices and recertify them. Well, for the first 10 years that we had our CPR company, we never went in the dental office. <laughs> 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 
what happened was I connected with these mothers and learned so much about how there is a lot of, uh, there's a, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a big percentage of children who get, who die from sudden cardiac arrest. And so we, that one of the mothers um, really got on the bandwagon to get legislation passed in the state of Georgia, where I live, to get defibrillators in all the schools and where children play. So we started down that road. We were also part of a grant from the American Heart Association um, for a million dollars, which we were able to for our first couple of years just go out literally and train everybody in the Atlanta area because we had that available to us. So, um, so that kind of just took on a life of its own and obviously very rewarding. I mean, the people you meet and the, the stories you hear and, and to be able to help these mothers that have gone through something that I can't even imagine going through, but they, you know, they turned it into something, something fantastic. So, um, so I did that. I still do that. I still have that company. It's the CPR Sisters. Um, we've morphed into the CPR family now because we are also instructor trainers, my sister Darla and I, and we've trained all our children to be CPR instructors also. So we're able to, to cover a lot of classes that way. Get um, out of here. No. <laughs> I'm like, you should, I wish you could see me. My mouth is gaping open right now. Well, it's it's really been a fun a fun journey, and I forget half the stuff I've done. My sisters always have to remind me because I'm just always going full speed ahead. Um, <laughs> so in there too, I mean, we were winning all kinds of awards with um, with uh, uh, PTA. I started a very cool program at my son's school. I noticed when I was there volunteering that the kids were getting bored at lunchtime and they were getting in trouble in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And there were days where Jordan would come home and say that he didn't get recess that day because they had to do this, that, or the other. So I started um, a program called the Out to Lunch Bunch where the kids were, after they were finished eating, they were allowed to come out on the playground um, and play. So we got volunteers to man the playground and uh, raised money to get a lot of the play equipment and that type of stuff and the response from the teachers was amazing that these kids are like different kids when they come back in the afternoon after lunch now that they can go out and release that energy so there were all those things like that that I didn't realize were grooming me to you know start a business and be able to work with people and how to handle people and scheduling and finances and all that type of stuff oh i just i love hearing that um actually they have something at my daughter's school called lunch bunch oh good um that they that they um earn they have to earn it by doing whatever deeds that they have um outlined for them but anywho I volunteer at my daughter's school. This last year, I haven't done it as much, but mm -hmm. I would go there frequently, and it does, just seeing what the PTA has done, I haven't taken any position because at that time, when they were looking for positions, I was already involved with the Hygiene Association, so mm -hmm. I love hearing that and and hearing what you, being involved in that has, has been very satisfying to me. Um, and having that ability to be able to do that was very important to me. But it's also also good to hear how there, there can be situations where you're volunteering your time and you're gaining skills that you can use professionally. Exactly. It really made me think about it when we were um, at your events um, 
in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. It feels like a year ago, but I guess it was just a couple <laughs> weeks. Um, and that one mom said that. She said, I, I've been thinking about going back to school. I want to do something outside the operatory, but I get the mommy guilt. And mm-hmm. that's when I thought, yeah, I totally remember that time mm-hmm. um, in my life. And then that that filled that gap for me, mm-hmm. you know, where I could still be with Jordan, but and you know, I wasn't going back to school, but in a way I was getting an education that I would never have gotten mm-hmm. by, you know, going back to school. So absolutely, absolutely. That map that mommy guilt is something, I tell you. It is oh, something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so you you started CPR Sisters. I love that you did something with your family and you have and you've created like a legacy because now your children are involved also. So you've had an entrepreneurial spirit anyway. Right. But then what led you to go to starting a scrub line? All right. So, yeah, I kind of just like fell into that one. I, if you had asked me five years ago what I'd be doing now, I would not have said this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, so it was three and a half years ago, I guess now. And um, the office that I've worked in for 28 years I was always freezing and my boss, you know, kept the temperature at like 50, you know, I'm exaggerating, but you know, it was always freezing in there and he was sweating. I'm, you know, shivering. And so I would go to work like a a lot of dental offices having that thermostat war, like every office has that thermostat war. And so I would go to work bundled up, you know, I would wear long underwear or long sleeve t-shirt and, you know, tights, whatever under my uniform just to keep warm. And one day at lunch, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. And then there were things like I didn't even go to the bathroom all day long because number one, we're busy and we just don't do it. And number two, it was just taking those layers off. You know, it was just a pain. And I was thinking, why do I do this? Why have I done this for all these years? There's got to be a solution to this. So I started thinking about it and I thought, well, I know there's um, there's technology in fabric. Let me just start dabbling in this and see what I can do. Now I have no background whatsoever in fabric or production of uniforms, nothing. I mean, I had no idea, but I just started down that path. And from the day I started down that path, it was crazy how many things just fell like literally out of the sky that I got halfway down that path. And I was like, well, I'm, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, well, first of all, I, I went out and had a prototype made and, um, it looking at it now, it's pretty funny. It's very archaic, but, um, (laughs) and I just started searching all over the Southeast to find, um, fabric manufacturers and just, just, I just asked everybody questions, just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. So I um, was meeting a girlfriend for dinner one night and she was running late. She called me and said she's gonna be late. So I went over to the bar to get a glass of wine. And um, I reached over the bar to get my glass of wine and I accidentally bumped this gentleman who was sitting at the bar. He was waiting for his wife. And I don't normally tell my entire life story to some stranger in a bar, but (laughs) I did. And I remember standing there going, thinking, Deborah, what are you doing? <laughs> but by the time my girlfriend got there, um, the the gentleman I was talking to, his name is Lee, and he um, 
he said, well, I really like your idea with the uniforms. He said, um, I'm involved with a company or with the Atlanta Technology Angels, and we support people who, you know, do stuff like this. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, so here's my card. You know, if you're interested, give me a call. So I took the card. I checked him out, waited a few days, and I called him back. And he was like, yeah, I'm connected to everybody in Atlanta who would invest in you know, an idea like yours. So if you're interested, why don't you come meet me, blah, blah, blah. So I met him the first day um, and he basically gave me a whole crash course on how to raise money, you know, what do you need, where do you go from here? And when I left there that day, he said, okay, you're gonna need about a half million dollars to get this off the ground. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, right. <laughs> How's this work? And he said, but could you, do you think between now and next week, you could raise $50,000 between your friends and family? And I said, I have absolutely no idea, but sure, I'll give it a shot. So I left there. My sister called me for something unrelated and asked me what I was doing. I told her and she texted me back a half an hour later, give me a call. I called her. She said, I'm handing the phone to somebody. She handed the phone to her friend. Her friend said, I'm good for the 50 grand, and I'm probably good for another huge investment if this goes where I think it's going. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, okay. So then it started to get real. I was like, okay, now what do I do? So off I went to New York to look at, to look at fabrics and all that kind of stuff. And um, just by talking to everybody, I just got connected from one person to the next person, the next person. It got to the point where my sisters would call me on a daily basis and say, so what's the miracle that happened today? And I would, and a lot of them came from my patients. I'd wake up in the morning and think, I need to find a pattern maker today. And by the end of the day, I would have a pattern maker. Mm. And it, it was just, it was weird. So like I said, so I got halfway down that road and I'm like, okay, Deborah, you were meant to do this. Mm -hmm. So back up a little bit, once I saw, figure, I found the technology um, for the hot and cold, you know, to solve that issue mm -hmm. really early on. That was actually the easiest part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I had to learn how to get a patent. So I went and did that. I got a patent attorney and patented the idea. Um, and then at that point, I thought, okay, well, I'm clearly I'm going into the uniform business. So at this point, I'm just going to change everything that I don't like about uniforms. Mm -hmm. The style, the fit, the fabric, everything. And so then again, I headed off to New York, worked with a production person. Um, it was the same crazy kind of thing with my factory. I really had the dream of manufacturing in the U.S., but everybody told me it was impossible. And so the, the person that I had um, contacted about helping me with my production, she said, well, there's not a, a factory around here who's going to touch you. But she said, I'm going to take you to two or three just for the experience of talking to them so you can learn how this works. So she did. And the second one that I went into, we were in there for over an hour. And at the end of the hour, they said, well, we think we're crazy also, but we want to take you on. We really like what's happening. And they're still my factory today, and they're like family to me. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it just goes on and on and on and on. So, um, yeah, so I literally 
just took a leap of faith. I had no idea what I was doing. I had a vision in my head. Mm -hmm. I want to solve the problem of the hot and the cold issue in the dental office. I want to make uniforms more stylish and comfortable for healthcare workers because I've been there, done that. I'm one of you guys. I know the issues that we deal with on a daily basis. I know how hard our job jobs are. Mm-hmm. And if I can make you more comfortable and feel better about yourself on a daily basis, that's what I want. Mm. And so I just literally jumped into the deep end of the pool and had no idea how I was going to make this work. And here I am. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I just want to say thank you for sharing that. Sure. I love it. Um, it just gives me hope, too, because <laughs> sure. I feel like when I started Beyond the Profi, it was just like, oh, well, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not too sure how it's going to come about. And yeah. you kind of just have to you, – you take it day by day, mm-hmm. but you are – it's okay to really not be sure you have a vision of where you would like like to be but you're just not too sure how you're going to get there so I wrote down some takeaways from just your example that you shared uh first thing is ask questions absolutely and you said that you asked a lot of people which I think is very very important some people are afraid to Uh some people are afraid to ask because they feel like, oh, someone's going to take my idea. I've heard that before. Yes. Um, and I was afraid of that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then after talking with enough people, they were like, no, you, you've you already done the homework. Just think of what they would have to do to get where you are right now. Don't worry about it. Yep. Just, just, and if you have an idea that can be stolen, the minute you file for an for a patent, you're protected at that point because you go on record of that was your idea at that day. So okay. it doesn't have to be, you don't have to already have your patent. You just have to have to start the process and then you're protected. Awesome. That is so good to know. That is so good to know. The second takeaway, start mm-hmm. imperfectly. Yep. <laughs> so you said that your prototype. <laughs> oh my God. It is hilarious. I was thinking the other day about taking a picture of it because it's just like, Oh, it's just like a dinosaur. I mean, it's like it's like a snowsuit or something. I don't even know. <laughs> oh man, that makes me laugh. Okay, the third takeaway I have from listening to that story is networking and never rule out the bar. Yep. Well, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> now gotten me so incredibly far and I have to add the dental world everyone has been so crazy supportive that mm-hmm. it, it's just been amazing and I I try to do the same thing now with I try to mentor you know hygienists so if any of you have anything call me um, it's you know it's about us all banding together and we're all going through this journey together and whoever can help everybody and that that's the biggest thing I've learned is by asking questions and talking and networking to everybody mm-hmm. you never know who's going to know something or somebody that they're going to connect you with so oh, absolutely and there's never a stupid question I used to be one of those people who never ask a question mm-hmm and now I, that's all I do is is ask questions because I've learned, you know, how far that'll get you in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was the conversation I had with um, Elijah in February of 2016. And then I sat down with my friend Christy 
but it was his conversation that I had just hearing his story. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't where I was getting step by step of what to do. Sometimes right. you need to hear, which is why I love podcasting. Sometimes you need to hear someone else's story to be inspired. Exactly. And we were at a bar. Mm-hmm. We were at a bar. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, we were actually at a bar. Um, so I, I love that. I love that you share that. Okay. You never know who you're sitting next to. You never know who who knows who. Um, even when I met uh, Claire Jung from Student RDH right. um, at RDH Under One Roof, I just knew that what she was offering was amazing. And I'm just so happy that I saw her at the um, at the conference and had, was connected with her. Um, I, I value her friendship. So those are instances where you just, you never know and you just have to be open. You really yeah. have to be open. Yeah, speaking of Claire, I, I didn't know Claire and um, I think Sarah Thiel connected me with her and we ended up sharing a booth at the Hinman and I invited her to come stay at my house and I had never met her, knew nothing about her. And now we're like the best of friends and, you know, we stayed up all night talking about, you know, everything and she's a very interesting person. But again, that was just like, I was like, okay, I don't know you, but just come on, you know, I know you're in the dental world and I know you're a good person and it, another great friendship, you know, came from. Absolutely. I just, I love, I love her. I really do. All right. Um, here's my last one is, uh, setting your intention. So you, you set your intention in your journey. You Mm -hmm. knew, you knew somewhat of what was important to you. And so you went with that. Right. Fearlessly, very courageously. (laughs) You went with that. (laughs) Sometimes you can't think because it's something no, you you'll think you'll think yourself out of it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You can't. You just have to go. And I mean, my path has changed. You know, you think you know, you know, point A to point B, but you're going to go so many places in between those two points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've gone down this road, that road, and some roads to end. They don't go anywhere, and you turn around and you go back. You know, it hasn't all just been fun and games. I mean, there's for one a ton of hard work, but number two. You know, you just have to be open for, you know, yeah, I guess that wasn't the best idea. Let's regroup and let's let's go here. And just I've just always been a very optimistic person. And it's just that's what you got to do is just keep keep plowing forward. And, you know, 10 years from now, I may be in a completely different business, but, you know, that's okay. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. I wonder, I you know, I really would love to see five years from now what I'll be doing right it'll be yeah. very interesting right like I'm I open to whatever yeah I wouldn't have guessed at all that I would be doing this right now and I'm also you know I'm starting to speak and do fashion shows and get up in front of tons of people and I almost didn't go to hygiene school because I hadn't found out I had to take a speech class and I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> and now look people can't shut me up so. <laughs> Well, I'm happy that you stuck it through with Twice as Nice because I, so I'll give you a little bit of history. I am curvy and I have been for quite some time, especially after having children. And I would, I could never find a pair of scrubs that worked with my body shape. So I'm, I'm five, five, but my legs are extremely long. So a regular, I'm average height, but my legs are long. 
So every pair of pants I would get, they would be high water pants on me. I also have very long arms. And so the lab coats that I would wear, I would stem my arm out and then all of my wrists would, would be out. And so I would always wear or get the disposable gowns. I prefer to have everything completely covered. And um, first I started with disposable. Then I bought a white jacket, which was, it looked scary. It wasn't fashionable. It was what I used in hygiene school. And I remember a doctor asking me, you know, could you wear something else? And I wouldn't because I just wanted to be completely covered. But it wasn't until I had the twice as nice, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the, the jacket, the design. The Amy design. And not until I had that did I feel like I had full coverage. I was also fashionable. Like, I didn't look like I was wearing a bed sheet. And I was, and I felt comfortable. I have my neck covered. I have my wrist. You, you can clasp the, the, the jacket close to your wrist. It's OSHA compliant. When my arms are extended out all the way on each side, they are not short. My pants don't rise up. And I get compliments all the time. And I have the scrubs that I have are black. I don't tempt that often, but I do wear them when I'm teaching. And I get compliments all the time. I've washed them a million times, and it's still the same color that it was when I purchased them. So I'm happy that you stuck with it because I don't. I can't wear any other. I can't wear anything else. So oh, thank you, Jasmine. That really warms my heart because those are all the points. You know, I wanted to make things that fit right and felt good and didn't fade and shrink and last a long time and mm -hmm. there's not there's not a uniform company that um, thinks about the needs in dentistry mm -hmm. and that was something that I didn't think about when I entered this but as I learned more and more about the industry and it's just you know it's a numbers thing but most of them think about the hospital worker mm -hmm. and they don't at all about dentistry and obviously with all my years of experience in dentistry I knew exactly what we needed and what was missing and I have a whole bunch more ideas to make it even more cookie cutter um, for the dental world so oh I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait all right I have two two more questions in that and that will be it so my question to you is what would you say to someone to a hygienist who isn't happy in her career doesn't really know what to do um, and is unsure of what's the first step. Okay, that's that's a toughie. I mean, my immediate response, but you hear this all the time, is find your why. But finding your why is not always easy. Sometimes you just have to let go and, and let the why find you. Um, but I think that if you're unhappy in your career, you need to just take tiny steps at first and think about why am I not happy here? It could be something just as easy as I just need to talk to my boss. You know, maybe you, you love dental hygiene and you don't ever want to do anything differently. But you got to think about that. Or it could be something that's happening outside of work in your personal life, you know, or you've got the mommy guilt and, and think about that. You, you have to be a really fulfilled person in general, you know, for all this stuff to happen. And that's a really hard thing to do, especially when you're, you're younger and you've got young kids and cause you don't think about yourself mm -hmm. and we definitely don't think about ourselves as healthcare workers. We always put ourselves last. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But that's the first thing that I would do. And I would just um, keep an open mind. I love all these social media, Facebook groups and stuff we have because there's so many people doing so many different things that that could pique you know, your interest in any of those things. And if any of those feel right to you, then reach out to somebody that's connected in that world or find somebody that is and explore it. And then the doors will open when they're supposed to open. Oh, Deborah. <laughs> Just warm my heart. I love it. This is such a good episode. Okay, here's the last question. What is the best career advice you've been given? Oh, my gosh. As far as dental hygiene? Just anything, just in general. Okay. Well, the best one as far as a career in dental hygiene was take care of your body and talk to your doctor. Mm. Um, and in general, you have to love what you do. Mm. And if you don't love what you do, then you're, you're going to be miserable. And, I'm, you know, I've had times in my life where it was not fun and I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just keep plowing along and, you know, reach out there and it'll happen. Uh, I just want to hug you right now. Yeah, but this is a... <laughs> staring at my screen. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is, I love, I love the pearls that you dropped so far. So, where can people find you? Where can they find Twice as Nice Uniforms? I have a website, so uh, that's twiceasniceuniforms.com. You can find that there. There's an 800 number there. There's an email. Um, but I'm all over Facebook. Just message me. I'll be glad to talk to anybody. In fact, this afternoon I have two calls with some young hygienists that I've never met before. They found me on Facebook. They're looking to start something, and they just wanted some advice they don't know what to do so um yeah just reach out to me I'm here so many people have helped me along the way and I remember feeling like bad that you they were taking all this time and energy to to help me but then they said no when you get to where you can help other people you just you know pay it forward and that's how it works and so that's what's happening let me tell you listeners when as Deborah is talking she is the epitome of that and I can attest to that she has she has helped me in more ways than she realized and I thank you so much for being on the show um, Deb and just just being just an awesome light in, in dentistry we need more like you we really do that's very sweet I got the chills thank you Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> all right so thanks again and Bye-bye. Bye-bye.